Poole Couch Podcast is a weekly conversation with Dr. Lakeitha Poole, a licensed professional counselor in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, about all things mental health and personal growth. The Emerald Couch Podcast is the go-to pop psych dialogue for self-help, good laughs, and real talk. This podcast is not meant to be a substitute for seeking support from a licensed mental health professional and is for educational and entertainment purposes only. For more information about counseling and therapeutic services, or for assistance in connecting with a therapist in your area, visit our website at www.smalltalkcounseling.com. Let's start the show. Welcome back to another episode of the Emerald Couch Podcast. This is your host, Dr. Lakeitha Poole. As always, super, super excited to have you all listening in for another episode. Um, Thank you all so much for tuning in every single week. I appreciate all the feedback that we get, um, the comments, the likes, the reposts. Um, It's awesome, so keep it coming. If you haven't already, make sure that you do rate us um, on Apple Podcasts so that more people can find us and we can continue to grow our community. Um, And if you're looking for other ways to keep in touch with Small Talk Counseling or the Emerald Couch Podcast, make sure that you follow us on social media, on Instagram, that's at Go Small Talk Counseling. And you can like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash smalltalkcounseling. So let's get right into our next episode. We're at episode 21. And today, Um, We're going to talk about navigating self-esteem and positive body image. So this is something that I think um, in a lot of communities, we don't kind of put on front street until we see issues with it. And in most cases, when we start to see those issues, it feels like there's not much we can do about them. So my hope is for us to be able to talk through what some of this can look like, um, not even just for women, but for anybody and what that can look like and what we can do to um, stop these issues or at least address them much sooner than when they become major issues and lead to mental health concerns or crises. So obviously we all struggle at different points in our life, you know, with self-esteem or body image or both. Um, Our teenage years, obviously, um, for a lot of folks, Um, As people grow older and have more sedentary lifestyles that just kind of comes with aging, um, you can see sort of disappointments with not being able to have maybe the same ability and movement. So that's a a body image and a self-esteem issue. Um, After folks have children, so post-pregnancy, that also tends to come up. So there's a wide range of where we can see this becoming a struggle at different life points. Um, Body image and self-esteem are two things that start in the mind, not necessarily in a mirror. Um, Most people automatically assume that. And so you can change the way that you understand and value your worth by having an understanding of what does it mean to have, you know, positive self-esteem for you, or what does it mean to have a positive or a healthy body image for you? Um, Because both of those are a major part of well-being and, and 
maintaining a positive mental health. So like I mentioned, this isn't just a conversation for women. Men and women can struggle with issues of low self-esteem and negative body image. And so these things come from negative thoughts and feelings about our appearance, um, not having maybe healthy body type. Um, And so a healthy body image is made up of the thoughts and feelings that are positive. Well, in most cases, a lot of people don't have that go-to way in which they Um, in a positive way, describe their bodies. And so it plays a major factor in self-esteem. So if you have negative thoughts and feelings about your appearance or about your body, then more than likely that will at some point evolve into um, negative self-esteem or low self-esteem, which is obviously the way you feel and think about yourself as a whole person. So a person with a positive body feels comfortable, they feel happy, um, their self-esteem is high. Um, the opposite of that, we know, looks looks very different. So I kind of want to break down more detail around what self-esteem really is and then obviously what healthy body image can be and then just offer you some tips as always of what that can look like in maintaining your overall well-being and then giving you obviously the, the big piece of like when is it time to seek support and do something about this and what do you need to do? So just thinking in general about self-esteem This is just what I kind of mentioned a few minutes ago. This is all about how much you feel like you're worth and how much you feel like other people are able to value you. Um, Self-esteem is important because if you feel good about yourself, this obviously can affect your overall mental health and how you end up behaving and responding towards other people. And so people obviously with high self-esteem know themselves really, really well because they're able to know their most authentic version of themselves and accept it and love it. Um, And so their self-esteem is a result of that. And so it's how you value and respect yourself as a person. Um, In most cases, this is about your opinion, you know, that you have of yourself, but not just on the outside, but also on the inside. And so when your self-esteem is high, it can impact how you take care of yourself emotionally, physically, spiritually. Um, It's about your whole self. It's not just your body. And that's why I wanted to distinguish between self-esteem and body image because those are very, very different. And on the opposite end of that, just like I described, you know, self-esteem can also impact you negatively in all those same areas, emotionally, physically, spiritually. And so it's, it's just much bigger than what we sort of sometimes water it down to be. So when you have good self-esteem, you value yourself, you know that you deserve good care, um, you respect yourself and your body, um, not just for you, but you expect that or you place that expectation on other people as well. And so because of that, then you're able to celebrate the strengths of who you are and appreciate who you are, um, your abilities, and you don't ever get into that place where you put yourself down um, or you know find ways to sort of pick at things about yourself that don't match up with maybe what society says. We're going to talk about that in a little bit as well. But good self-esteem just means that you feel like you are good, you are positive, you are wonderful, you are beautiful, you are handsome, even when you're dealing with like difficult feelings um, that life just kind of brings and difficult situations sometimes that life brings that attacks how we might view ourselves, you being able to sort of bounce back and be resilient in the midst of that means that you have positive self-esteem, which is what we want for everybody. So if you feel like um, at a certain point, some of those things start to affect your self-esteem for a very long time, this can obviously lead to some of the mental health issues that we see 
later in life, um, when, when this maybe happens during those teenage or adolescent years, things like depression, anxiety, um, eating disorders, all of those things sort of end up being a result long-term um, of self-esteem issues. And so having a mental health problem can obviously then cause you to have even lower self-esteem. It almost ends up being somewhat of a cycle that's really, really difficult to get out of. And so of course that makes it much more difficult to cope or take steps to increase your self-esteem when you've now fallen into depression or into anxiety and sort of it's become something almost diagnosable because of how long you've let it go on. So body image and self-esteem you know directly influence each other and so being able to distinguish between the two is important so you know your thoughts your feelings your behaviors all of those things end up being a result of again this holistic view of how you value yourself what you think your worth is and so if you don't like a part of your body that you know can lead to feeling some sort of way about how you view yourself how you value yourself Um, And it may not be your whole body. It could be a part of your body. Either way, it's really hard to feel good about your whole self if you start to nitpick at those things that maybe you feel like aren't perfect or don't align um, with what standards of beauty might tell you that they should be. And so the reverse of that is also true. If you don't value yourself, it's going to be really hard to notice the good things about yourself and to give your body the respect that it deserves. And so we see this again a lot, particularly with teens and adolescents, but when unchecked, this can carry on into adulthood um, and well into even old age. And so it's just really important to sort of understand that concept of self-esteem. So switching gears a little bit to um, body image, um, usually when I give you guys sort of resources and tips, um, because I assume the majority of my audience are adults, if there are kids listening, that's why we're always kind of PG. Um, But I actually found a resource through kidshealth.org, which is where I kind of like to gather information about um, body image because that's typically where the issues start. And so usually the information on those type of sites are much more straightforward, much more easy to read and digest, but also find a way um, to make the message very clear and concise. And so um, kidshealth.org, which really, really covers a lot about you know, both acceptance of the body, liking your body, how to treat your body, um, so that, again, you can have this positive body image. And again, most of these issues, they happen at a certain age where um, it's just really hard to kind of have that positive view and have it all the time and know how to bounce back from maybe criticisms that you receive. So um, even though most of you listening out there are probably 18 and up, kidshealth.org, great website to be able to utilize um, and where I want to share while I give you some of my thoughts to um, some of their tips on how to overcome the, the threat of negative body image. So the first is being able to just accept your body, understanding that nobody's perfect. Everybody wants to be liked and accepted, you know, as you are. And so that's true for every single person, um, which means our bodies also want to be accepted and liked just for what they are. So being able to sort of like understand that perfectionism for anybody's body is just not a thing. It doesn't exist. So being less critical, being more of a friend to your body is important um, to just see your body the way it is and have an appreciation for it. 
making sure that you don't do things like body shaming yourself. So body shaming is something that happens often in a lot of different ways. And when we get to our pop psych moment of the week, I'm actually going to talk a little bit more about body shaming um, and what that can do to any of us. So just making sure that like when you make you, you realize that when you make harsh comments about your own body, it hurts your own self-esteem. And so that's true whether you say it out loud or you think it to yourself. Either way, it hurts just as much as if somebody else said it. So just making sure that you're like kind to yourself, respecting yourself, even if you have things to work on. We we all do. I'm on a early morning workout routine right now because that's just the place that I'm in. That's the thing that I feel like will make me feel great about um, my body feeling strong or being fit. And that for me is important instead of jumping very quickly to criticism, finding ways to create the the type of body as far as like health and strength that I really, really want. And then obviously in learning to accept your body, also building just better habits. You know, do you have a habit of like always putting your body down? And so how do you need to maybe change your language or your negative self-talk to break that bad habit and then create a good one in its place to replace it? So tell yourself what you like about your body instead of what you don't. And keep doing that until that becomes natural, until that becomes the way in which you describe your body. So the other side of it, I think, in accepting your body is one thing. The goal really, though, is to like like your body, to love your body. So almost continuing from that last tip, like find things that you like about your looks. Maybe it's your hair, it's your face, it's your hands, it's your legs. Um, What do you like about your shape, your shoulders? you know, your eyes, any of those things, being able to tell yourself what you like and why is very critical um, as you start to develop ways to really, really like and love and appreciate your body. Let yourself feel good about your body as it is. Focus on what your body can do versus what it can't do. You know, there's more to your body than what it looks like. When you play a sport, or you walk, or you run, or you swim, or you dance, that's your body in action. That's your body doing what it was created to do. And so it's there for you to be able to utilize. And so when you're able to do things like that, allow yourself to be thankful, to be amazed by the movements that you're able to do. A few weeks back, we had um, my favorite nurse in Baton Rouge, Mrs. Nicole Scott, on the show. And you know we talked a lot about some of the things surrounding yoga and the use of body movement to be able to just feel more confident. And I think that that's really, really, really critical to do. Um, Making sure that you also have like that deeper awareness. So don't ignore your body as you're going through the day. Learn how to take moments to breathe and feel, you know, what it feels like to have your hands on the, the arms of your chair and just really being able to allow sort of like the, the fullness of the use of your body to be appreciated. Learn to tell when your body needs food and energy and rest and just really enjoy the way that your body feels when those needs are satisfied and be sort of attentive to those things and, and don't just kind of go through the motions sort of without that appreciation. Now, once you've learned to love your body, then you got to take care of it to right, to maintain it, right? And so 
obviously, and this maybe fits well with that last point too, is like paying attention to what you need. So eating healthy is is important and I'm guilty of it too. I love a good hamburger, a pizza or both, a snowball, nachos with like cheese slathered all over them. Um, But that's not something that we can all have like every single day. And all my friends who are like healthy eaters or nutritionists are like cringing right now. But being able to recognize that, you know, you can learn what foods are good for you and how much is the right amount for you when you do have that sort of cheat day where you splurge a little bit. Take time when you're eating to just have that appreciation to like really taste your food and enjoy it. And eating right obviously helps you look your best, and it, but it also helps you feel your best by giving you more energy. It boosts your body image overall. And then, of course, when you treat your body right, then you feel great about yourself making sure you're getting enough sleep. Learn how much sleep you need for your age. So those of us who, you know, are past our 20s, um, we can't go off of maybe those three or four hours of sleep that we used to. Being able to recognize that the older you get, really, the more rest you need. It's almost like you go back to infanthood when you initially are born, babies sleep like a lot. Um, And then the older you get, you almost go back to that same place where you need more sleep in order to function at your best um, level. And so just making sure that like you go to bed on time, learn how much sleep you need, turn off those phones and TV screens um, a few hours or at least one hour before your bedtime so that you can really sleep well and your brain and your body start to adjust and know what it feels like to get proper rest. Make sure that you find time to just be active every day. Your body has to move in order to be strong um, and to be fit and to be healthy. All those things we talked about too. You can be active by playing a sport. You can walk, you can run, you can do yoga, you can swim, you can dance. Um, Pick things that you like. Figure out what that is that really gets you moving in a way that you can have fun doing it, but also being able to give yourself, again, that appreciation to look at the movement of your body and what it's capable of and then obviously making sure that you maintain a healthy weight being a healthy weight is good for your heart um, makes you feel good internally and externally obviously for all of us being able to to do that I was just talking about all the like bad foods that we all eat sometimes Um, having a conversation openly with your doctor can you know really allow you to help find ways to maintain a a weight that's right for you also like based on your height based on your nutritional needs that's really really critical again you can't look at somebody else and say oh my gosh I wish I was that size or I wish I looked like that Um, when you don't really know that may not be a healthy weight for you based on your height based on your activity level so it's just really important to feel comfortable having those conversations with healthcare professionals too so that you're doing what's best for you so I want to, in in the middle of there, just for a second, also just talk a little bit before I get into like when and how you should seek support, is also recognizing that there are some subpopulations within um, our larger society that are at an even higher risk for criticism of bodies and also obviously of the decreasing of self-esteem. Um, and some of those groups include athletes for sure. So a lot of times they have gaining and losing goals and this idea of like making weight in order maybe to classify, um, to play for at a particular level, um, being able to recognize that certain sports 
Um, And again, we'll get into that in a little bit too in the pop psych moment. But there are certain sports that, you know, there's a certain look or aesthetic that is expected as well. So you can't just sort of be fit um, and do your sport, which you should be able to do because that's what you're there for. But also you need to look a certain way doing it. So think about like gymnasts. Um, who have to wear leotards while they do play their sport. And so it's just being able to recognize that there's a lot more criticism um, and scrutiny that they're under that can also be problematic. Um, And then also thinking about women of color. So not only um, is their self-esteem or their body image under attack through, you know, the way in which maybe their bodies may look, but also hair and skin tone, um, stereotypes that are just out there about what a certain look should be for women in general, and then even more so for women of color. And so just being able to also recognize that if maybe you fall into one or both of these categories, there's some extra pressures that are out there based on the media and just based on sort of um, people's thoughts on like what and how you should look, um, but also what expectations other people have of like what your body should do and should look like as well. So just being mindful of that too, as you try to guard yourself from um, criticism that can then become personal criticism or internalized criticism as well. So just being able to remember there's no true ideal body, you know, um, marketers spend like billions and billions of dollars every year to set these like unachievable standards of beauty so that they can sell products to us so that we try to achieve these looks on these billboards and on these commercials of these perfect bodies and images. And so most of our images of a perfect body actually come from something based in pop culture or social norms that are actually negatively influenced um, by marketing, not necessarily thinking about the real everyday people um, who may want to achieve these these standards uh, when really it's impossible. And even in most of these commercials and ads, even the models don't necessarily fit those standards. There's, they use airbrushing or video editing um, to create these perfect people that none of us could ever live up to. So this deception kind of creates these feelings of inadequacy in men and women, um, but especially young children and young adults who are in the most, you know, fragile stage of cognitive development. And when you start getting those messages that early, it soon becomes the way in which you think, which is never really a good thing. So those are some of like the main tips just to sort of help somebody thinking about where you might fall with evaluating what you even know about self-esteem, how it plays into body image, how body image can also then, as a result, affect self-esteem negatively and that cycle that I talked about that can kind of happen. Um, But then what do you do when it's time to seek support? And obviously this is my favorite part to be able to get to talk about because what most people sort of assume is that it's, you know, they'll grow out of thinking negatively about themselves. And so as a teen, yes, you may not have as many negative things to say because you don't have to be surrounded by other teenagers who can sometimes be very cruel. Um, But recognizing that those internal messages and thoughts still stick around a lot of times. And a lot of times people don't um, challenge them with positive ones and replace them with positive ones. So some of the things to really think about is just knowing like the signs that more support is needed um, to address mental health concerns. So if your body image struggles have sort of negatively impacted you to the point where you, you know, aren't able to carry out normal 
activities like being able to just get dressed in the morning and find something that you can feel comfortable in to go to work um that's a little bit of a red flag you know yes some things change there are plenty of times where I go in the closet with an idea of what I want to wear and that thing does not fit anymore and that's okay but it's being able to then realize that I'm just gonna find something else I'm not gonna you know spend the morning berating myself then um for that hamburger I had the day before um, because if the skirt didn't fit, it didn't fit well before I ate the hamburger. So just being able to recognize that if that's sort of this pervasive problem you're seeing happening, to not just let that slide. Um, feelings of depression or anxiety around your body appearance or your body image is not normal. So, you know, if you start to sort of assume, well, I've always thought this way about myself, you know, that's just what it is. You really can't overlook that if you're still feeling that way again years later. Figuring out if you can confide in somebody that's trusted or um, just being able to sort of think about how would you really like to be able to talk to yourself about your body image. Um, Those depressive feelings or those anxious feelings shouldn't be something you become comfortable with. Um, Also remembering that there are likely many different factors that might be influencing why you feel poorly about yourself in your own body. So thinking back to your past and the messages you received about appreciating your body for what it is, um, trying to fix your perceived flaws. We see this all the time on those reality shows like Botched and, um, you know, they try to like fix these issues and these concerns that happen um, throughout people's lives mentally and emotionally um, by going under the knife and creating sort of these uh, new faces or new bodies that they weren't born with. And so just being able to recognize that like you trying to fix your perceived flaws is not really a means of healing um, poor or negative body image. It really sometimes creates even more issues. So just making sure that you connect again with a licensed professional about that and just being able to talk that through with somebody who may have um, an outside perspective. And then obviously, of course, by seeking out the support, when it's the appropriate support, getting help, finding interventions, it's totally possible to improve negative body image and negative self-esteem or low self-esteem so that you can prevent those more severe mental health issues from developing later on. And so the important thing is to, you know, do something about it early. So the fact that, you know, I even thought it was important to make this a topic just because I I think it's critical to be able to do, um, this is the early sort of identification of maybe an issue just by hearing some definitions around what self-esteem and what body image even is maybe that helps you sort of think differently of like yeah how do I talk to myself about my body what do I say when I'm in the fitting room trying on clothes being able to understand those messages aren't just sort of fleeting thought they can definitely last and so when you're more aware of what your body image is to you it's more easily able to reach out for support and to recover if there is negative thoughts there Um, but you have to do something about it so hopefully this gives anybody who's listening um, the courage to be able to you know treat your bodies better think differently and more highly of yourself overall and your worth and and your value to others but also to give yourself um, the encouragement or that final push which is what the goal of the emerald couch always is is to seek support when you need it and being able to know that it's okay to talk about these sort of things there's nothing too small 
um, to be able to address through seeking mental health support. So hopefully this is useful for somebody and hopefully you're able to see yourself um, in the beautiful state that everybody who is listening to this is. So hopefully this helps somebody out there. So we'll take a quick break right here and we'll be back with our signature segments. Emerald Couch listeners, we are back with our signature segments. So first up is our pop psych moment of the week. And this week, and by the time you all hear this, I guess it'll be somewhat old news, but um, I really want to talk about since we have dedicated this episode to thinking about body image and self-esteem to shouting out one of my favorite athletes and who I think, and I think the world agrees, um, is the greatest athlete in the world, um, Serena Williams. So in um, the media last week, and so by the time you guys hear this, I guess that'll be two weeks ago, um, the highlight of Serena's preparation for the upcoming French Open um, was discussions around her cat suit or body suit Um, that she has worn in the past. And so a statement came out from the president of the French Open saying that um, any cat suits or body suits would be banned um, as a way of upholding respect for the game of tennis, which I think is very interesting. And so um, while we're talking about body image and self-esteem, what I love is two things, both Serena's response, but also sort of the response of society at large to help break some of those um, stereotypes that are out there about women um, and what should be worn um, in their workplace, which I think was interesting. I love the statement by Billie Jean King, who's a tennis great, um, who really talked about, you know, if we're really going to talk about respect to be able to respect you know, the greatness and the athleticism of Serena Williams and what she's done for the game of tennis, but also for athletes all over, for women all over, um, and being able to respect that she should get to wear um, what she deems appropriate for both her to compete, but also for her health. So what we also know is that the bodysuit that she's worn in the past um, has also helped her with blood clots, which has been something she's suffered with since the birth of her daughter. And so Um, It's really just interesting how her um, need for maintaining good health um, has resulted in sort of body shaming. Of course, um, Serena is a curvy, fit woman um, and being able to recognize that that too for um, society at large doesn't fit with that standard of beauty that we talked about earlier. And so I just love that. Um, There was this outpouring of support, but also obviously like frustration towards the French Open um, in particular for making such a statement. And so um, I just think it was really great to just see so many people speaking out on it, even Nike as a, um, a sponsor of hers, being able to offer their support about her being a superwoman and saying that even if you take her cape off of her she still has her superpowers and so obviously we expect her to do great great things and so um, this week um, she is participating in the U.S. Open so this is sort of her last go at getting a title for this year 
Um, and it's just always really exciting to see her play and to see the excitement of everybody else around her playing. And so one of the best things possible that she could have done instead of sort of having to go back and forth on social media um, in an open way is, you know, she showed up for her first round match wearing a tutu, which I love. So it's it's kind of like, you know, is this more appropriate? Um, and, and I love that about her um, and being able to make a statement, not just for herself, but also setting an example for her daughter and for women everywhere um, of being able to be appreciated for the bodies that we have um, and not just the look of them, but what they can do, just like we talked a little bit about earlier in those tips. And so for that reason, um, Serena is our pop psych moment of the week. And so if you haven't checked her out, I know she's playing tonight, actually probably right now while I'm recording this. Um, So make sure that if you haven't, you show some support and know that we are rooting for her, win or lose. Um, She, again, one of the greatest athletes of all time. So that's this week's Pop Psych Moment of the Week. Last up, we have our Small Talk Bookshelf, which, again, is one of my favorite segments because I get to give you guys tips Um, on things that you can add to your bookshelf that help with maybe the topic we've talked about and give you um, just some insight through maybe a bibliotherapy approach um, of having other ways to address your mental health and your wellness needs. So one of my favorite books that I probably haven't picked up in a while to reread, um, and I've read it several times, but I'm, I'm always okay with reading it again and again and again, Um, is I Know Why the Caged Bird Sings by Maya Angelou. Again, another great author, um, writer, teacher, um, actress, you name it. Um, And so being able to read this story, what I love is that it is a true story of self-acceptance and belonging. Um, And being able to feel that there is a place for you no matter what, which again, also fits with our theme of being able to appreciate your body for what it is, uh, hold yourself to a high standard as far as being able to value yourself um, and keep your self-esteem in a high place. And so the basis of the story, I try not to give too much away for people who haven't read it, but um, basically the story is actually around um, Maya Angelou's life. And so Um, She, as a young girl, is sent to um, live with her grandmother in a small town in the South, her and her brother, Um, and her mom sent them to live there, sort of being able to get through sort of certain phases of of life, and she was super, super young at that time. Um, There was a lot going on socially, racially, politically, um, obviously in the South, but also just around the country. Um, And so at eight years old, she goes back to live um, with her grandmother in St. Louis and is attacked um, by an older man um, and sort of has to live with the internal consequences, uh, emotional consequences and mental of what happens. And so years later, as an adult, she sort of develops this appreciation for herself, a self-love and sort of really understands how to build herself up almost um, through trauma, through not always liking what she saw in the mirror, developing a strong spirit, um, and really just being able to sort of like fall in love 
um, with herself and with her craft that we all got to benefit from and appreciate. And so um, it's an excellent, again, story of just like really loving on you and knowing that you fit in, you you belong somewhere. And so being able to add um, a book like I Know Why the Cage Bird Sings to your bookshelf definitely would benefit you from a mental and emotional perspective because of all that it offers, not just to someone as maybe a young woman, but also to anybody who's sort of looking to find their place in the world and maybe struggling a little bit with accepting who they are as they are, while also trying to build up who you are in the midst of going through everyday life struggles. So I know why the cage bird sings Maya Angelou. That's this week's small talk bookshelf. And so we have reached the end of another show, episode 21. I think when you all hear this, or at least when the episode will come out, it will be Labor Day. So I hope that you are somewhere barbecuing or sitting by the pool for the last sort of um, round of summer. And so uh, also just taking good care of yourself and being able to spend some time with family or just doing something that you love um, until we're able to really get to the holidays because that's kind of the next big break for most people. So enjoy the weekend um, and we will be back here soon. As always, make sure that you stay tuned, you like, you follow, you subscribe, you ask questions, submit your questions for Ask Dr. LP segment. We actually had one for this week, but I think I'm going to just hold off and add it to next week's because I think it fits with the topic too. So be on the lookout for that. But if you have a question, please, please, please submit it. Um, And we will be right back next time on the Emerald Couch.